Hello, Pastor Deborah here. Welcome, everybody. Oh, my eyes are seeing you all over. Did you know that I have been praying for God to open my spiritual eyes so I could see you more clearly and I could see the garden where we all are? Yes, you want to know how many there are? There are billions and billions and billions of you. And that person that is sitting right next to you may be a politician, a leader, a prime minister, the leader of a military, the leaders of all the governments, of all the nations. They might even be the leaders, the kings and queens of nations. The kings and queens of the multi-generational Satanist Illuminati, the 13 families, that's right. They might be imams and teachers of psychics, mm-hmm. pastors, that's right. I know there's a lot of Scientology here, and Taliban are here, and they're leaders, that's right. And the whole Chinese government Especially, she is here. Spiritually. Oh, you might be in your dreams and sleeping, but you're here. God desires to talk to all of you. For all of your ears to hear and begin a process of believing. That's right. So welcome, welcome. We're in another lesson of helping people the Lord's way. This is Pastor Deborah's story of how she went from being a mental health counselor licensed in the state of Florida and nationally certified as a clinical mental health counselor trying to help people like you. Except they didn't teach about you, the human spirit, in my classes in the world. So I had a long journey to go on. But I began it. And this lesson, lesson number four, is we're going to take another look at my journey from helping people in the ways of the world, the ways that were recognized by government, insurance companies, other professionals, to helping people the Lord's way, which I knew nothing about. But before we begin... What do we always do here in the garden? Yes, we pray. That is correct. Is there anybody here who would like to open up this teaching with prayer? Yes, you, way, way back. And may I ask who you are? Hmm. You're a leader? Okay. How about if we just leave it, leave it at that? Because a lot of you don't want to be known who you are. But guess what? The God that you have been serving and its government, it knows you are here. Because when you come to the garden, you go off grid spiritually. You disappear. And things in the spirit realm don't know where you are. But they eventually learn when you come back because they see a light coming off of you. 
but God will put protection around you. He needs you to hear him. He needs you to begin a process if you set your free will to it. This God that Pastor Deborah has been serving all her life has trained her and taught her to help you, who I didn't even know were out there, which you learned on the other videos. I didn't know there was a thing as human spirits when I was trying to help people in mental health counseling. I had to learn about you. I had to even learn that there was a you and that there even was a realm of the spirit. So you go right ahead and pray. I will bow my head. And when you're finished, I'll close us out. Go right ahead. Wonderful. Father, you heard his request, his petition, as a priest unto you, on behalf of other people. We ask that you fulfill those words, that you provide protection, and that through my teachings, that you will ride on them with your anointing, and that you will give to them the knowledge and the truth that they need to set their spiritual mind free, to set their spirits free of the rulership of their soul, to provide them and desire to be free, and to come to know you as Lord and God, and to turn from their ways of doing things for the people, the nations, and following another. Father, we thank you that you have brought them. This is your heart's desire. This is your work, Father. Help me to be about your work in your fields as a laborer for you. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. Okay. In the last lesson, lesson number three, we had, were, had beginning to talk a little bit more about who you were that I didn't know was there. And we were talking about helping people. Pastor Deborah's always wanted to help people. Didn't know how. Tried every way possible. Tried being friends. Tried to love people who were unlovable. Gave out food and clothes. Took people in my homes. Paid their way to school and college. Did everything I could do. But it didn't seem to change them. Because I was only helping the physical part of them. One even helping their soul. That's right. Most of their souls are like you. They've had traumatic events in their lives. They have multiple personalities. They disassociate. They close off. They hide. Their consciences are seared. Their eyes are blind. They don't want to know. They live in fear in their soul. And I surely didn't know there was a you, a spiritual you. But slowly... I learned. And in this lesson called Helping People the Lord's Way, number four, the title is, How Do I Help Them Now That I Know That There Is a You, a Spiritual You? Yeah, I had to learn 
and be taught by God himself about you, the spiritual being inside of a soul. We call it the subconscious and inside the physical body of dirt. I had to learn that God wanted to touch and reach and teach and set free that part of us that upon our earthly death would live on. He just didn't want it to live on in bad places, being tormented and vexed and never knowing about him and never having the opportunity to live in his family and in his kingdom called heaven. So first I had to learn there was a you. Yeah, all of you out there, the billions and billions and billions of you. Well, I learned that through experience, through teachings, through more experience, through personal revelations, through reading the word of God. I learned that there was a you. And you, the spirit part of you, was the part that I was to help the Lord's way. And if I helped that part of you, then that part of you, the spirit part of you, would help your soul. I had to get knowledge to you. Information. You had to have a lot of work done in you. I had to offer you new things so that we could help you the Lord's way. But I didn't know how to do that or what all that was when I began. And I want to take you a little bit more on that journey. I learned who you were now. I know that there's a spirit inside of every human. Inside the deep subconscious. Sunk down. Covered over with a wax grossness called the veil of flesh. It lives in ignorance and darkness and torment and vexation. It is infused with demonic spirits. And it can be tormented, split into many different parts and programs. Because all it has to do is think in its mind. And it is done. I had to learn about generations of you. I had to learn about the Bible and spiritual things. So I began. But first, I didn't know how to help you. How I was trained initially, even though I had the desire to help people, since I didn't know there was a you, I I went and learned, became educated. So my journey was a long one, as it is for many, many people. Oh, everybody seems to care about things. Maybe it's animals or nature. Or maybe it's businesses and helping people financially. Or helping them to become leaders. Is that helping people? Sure. But I was called to help people who were having deep, deep issues. That's right. And I only learned when I was younger. Even though I was saved and believed in this Jesus and was reading the Bible and going to church, I did not know and neither was I taught how to help people the Lord's way. The scriptures and the words coming out of religion 
and denominations seem to have no life in it. I would look around the church to see if I could see hurting people, people of different races and nationalities. I couldn't find them. I saw maybe all one color, very few men, maybe mostly women. Then I learned about denominations. I started asking questions. How did we get all these different denominations? When did Sunday school start? When did Bible studies start? I went to the library. I got books. I read about ancient history and the very beginnings of religion. I studied ancient Greeks and the Egyptians. I studied how humanity always believed in gods and demons, afterlifes, trying to solve problems and stop the chaos through the king. And the king was to be the representative to the people of God or gods. Some people were called to be the children of gods, they said. Women were told that in the night a god came to them, impregnated them, and a child came out. And they had supernatural strength. I studied. I began looking to our history of how humanity was trying to help people a God's way, the Lord's way, and how gods and goddesses were very much a part of our lives, our belief system, in helping people, in war, in healings, in sickness and disease, helping the kings to win battles. A lot of kings and queens prayed to a god. For guidance and counsel. But somewhere time Pastor Deborah got born. Here in America. That was all gone and lost. Spirituality and religion had been sent off to buildings. Separated by walls of denomination. Different beliefs. All that religion stuff was superstitious. Science. Technology. The age of reasoning had come in. People no longer needed a Lord, a God, to help them. Science. When they discovered germs, bacteria and viruses, infections, they could see it under the microscope. They didn't need God anymore to help them with diseases and illnesses. They tried many different things. If you'll go and look at my... uh, featured article I wrote for the National Association of Adult of Children who were sexually abused as children. I think it's called NASCA. I talked about the different ages of time and man's belief in God, spirituality, sickness and disease. It's an excellent article. I got most of it out of Time magazine. They did a history of mental health and how humanity had been trying to help people with mental health problems. Excellent to understand. A lot of my studying became there. God was showing me ancient history and how we lost it. And then he had to show me the way of the world that I had been trained in. 
I had a master's degree. That's five or six years of college. I had to work under a licensed psychologist or psychiatrist for two years. Be supervised weekly by them. Mm -hmm. I had to have proven experience. Fill out lots of paperwork for the state of Florida. Apply to get a license as a clinical mental health counselor. That clinical mental health counselor's license fit and was supervised by the department called the Department of Health Care and Quality Assurance. I think that's right. I'll have to double check that one. And how I began was in college. There were some courses. It wasn't social work. Because they believed if we can change your social environment, get you a new house, better food, clothes, better job, get you better living conditions, maybe some parenting classes, but usually not. But if we can provide better social things to you. That'll solve your problems of crime, abuse, domestic violence, child pornography. Mm -hmm. Get you some parenting classes and that'll solve your problems of drug abuse. But then the psychologists, who were the next ranking, they believed there was something wrong up here. And the psychologists used to do all the testing for a psychiatrist. Who was a psychiatrist? A psychiatrist was a medical doctor first. He understood the biological body, all the brain chemistry, the neuron, the synapses, all the hormones, all the glands, all the body. He understood tumors, diseases, head injuries. And he was always, people had weird thoughts and concepts and beliefs, feelings. And so he would employ a psychologist, and a psychologist would do testing in many different ways, asking questions, having them look at a piece of paper with ink splatters on it, ask them what they thought about it. Some of the tests that I learned how to give was the house tree person. I'd give you some crayons, ask you to draw me a picture of a tree, the color of the crayon that you used, how you built the tree would tell me something about how you were feeling, I believed. How you drew the house or the person. So testing was a part of this. And when I learned that testing was important in the ways of the world, I studied it. I sort of cheated. Jan, who used to be alive, cheated. Because it was a lot of work. Thank goodness Jan is dead. But I learned testing. To work with a psychologist. And then in Florida they were trying to get licensing for people with master's degrees. So they could receive insurance payments from medical insurance. But you couldn't get that unless you were licensed by the Medical Quality Assurance Department of your state. So a group of people back in the 1980s I think went to work lobbying the state legislatures to pass a law. Pastor Deborah was not here at the time. She was up in Virginia. 
And when she came back to the state, the law was here. There was a grandfather period uh, that you had two or three years that you could get this grandfather license. So I went to an older uh, person who had been my supervisor, had him fill out paperwork. I had the education. Filled them out. Then you studied some books, and you took a state test. I didn't pass it the first two times. I missed it by just one or two questions. I would restudy, pay lots of money, maybe five or $600 to take the state test again. So I could get this license as a mental health counselor. Then I could go into private practice. If I worked for somebody, I could charge the insurance companies for my 50-minute session whatever that was, for the testing. Because I was doing what the license said. I was diagnosing a mental health problem, a disease, an illness of the mind. And I was had legal rights to treat this patient, this client, for these illnesses and diseases. This medical quality assurance department also tested and licensed doctors, nurses, dentists, veterinarians, occupational therapists, speech therapists, anybody involved in the biological body of treating illnesses and diseases and injuries and providing therapy. Therapy was a medical term to a patient or a client. Now, early on in Pastor Deborah's education, we didn't learn these terms. You learn things like child development. We studied all the psychological illnesses, the personality disorders. Mm -hmm. We didn't get a lot of medical information at the time. So my journey began in helping people there. I had to get information, take a test, to learn how to diagnose mental and emotional diseases and illnesses and be supervised under this department in the state of Florida. I had a license number. You were to display your license. There was also continuing education credits you had to do. There was also a list of you had to have professional ethics that you must take and understand. You as a professional were considered a person in the authoritative position. And you were not to take advantage of your client. Because many a counselor's Psychiatrists would do that. I was not to do business with any client that I was have. I was not to have any personal relationships with them, date them, meet them at bars. Uh, if I saw them in church or in society, I was not to speak to them. I had to keep the profession and them separated. So I was educated through mental health counseling, experience, books, to study for the test, how to diagnose by testing with many different testing instruments. 
I had to learn how to test for emotional diseases. That's what they called it. Emotional diseases. Illnesses. And some of the illnesses we were looking for was anxiety, which is really the fear of death. And people panic and they have all kinds of biological problems and emotional things when they are anxious. So they had medication for that. Uh, I was also to study and learn how to diagnose states of depression. These feelings or these biological uh, neurons and things in their body that were all messed up, causing them to feel sadness, loss of joy, loss of sleep and appetite. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they would go into the area called paranoia and they wouldn't sleep and they were so fearful they wouldn't even leave their house. There was hopelessness and low energy, lack of sleep or too much sleep, sexually not interested or over-sexualized, sleeplessness. There was all kinds of eating problems and even choosing to go to drugs. Yeah. All of that was out of balance. It's chaos inside. And this degree, this professional identity, this profession, and the license to go with it says that is an illness. That's a disease. And we must treat it as a medical problem. Then there were addictions. Bondage to anything, food, sex, drugs, sleep, exercise. Mm -hmm. We had to study those. Then there was something called personality disorders. Maybe you were had split personalities, multiple personalities, a deviant personality. Maybe you acted as a child sometime. That was called borderline personality. Maybe your personality wasn't formed correctly was all twisted and perverted. Maybe you thought you were somebody you're not. That was called a personality disorder. Then there were disorders of sex. If you, at that time, they believed homosexuality and lesbianism were abnormal. And they considered it a mental disease, a mental health problem, and illness. But because so many of the homosexuals and lesbians uh didn't think they were because the criteria to have a mental health problems, sickness or diseases was, did it interfere with your family? Like getting lots of divorces, lots of adultery. Could you hold down a job or not hold down a job? Could you drive in traffic? Could you vote? Could you be a normal, what they said, citizen? Did you have any criminal arrest? And the homosexual said, we, we've been in, relationships with one person for 30, 40 years. We work a job. We vote. We break no crime. How could then we have a mental illness just because we choose to have sex with the same sex? That's our choice. But according to the rules, you said if we can't hold down a job or if we're drug addicts or we're acting inappropriate. In some manner in society. Well, nobody knows what we do in our bedrooms. How can you tell us that we have mental health problems? So they lobbied against it and they took it out of the manual called the Diagnostic 
the DSM, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, that insurance companies use. There's a number for everything in there that you submit to the insurance company. And that tells them what you are treating this person for. So out came homosexuality and lesbianism out of the DSM. It was no longer considered a mental health problem. Then there were developmental disorders. So you had to do IQ testing. Then there was trauma and post-trauma problems. You had to do testing. You would do things like the MMPI, the multiple, the Minnesota Multiple Personality Inventory. You ask a lot of questions. You're looking for patterns. There was the Beck Depression Scale. There was other kind of testing. We were looking for continuity, to how you answered the questions. But very smart people knew what to answer, so you would never suspect that they had any issues. And I'll tell you one story of a lady that was like that. A young lady named Andrea. I had come to the church I was at. And she was having issues. And she went to a primary care physician. And they asked her some questions about her family. Her family, she said, grew up in multi-generational Satanism. She was highly abused. And she believed she had multiple personalities because she was getting deliverance sessions at the Bible school she was going to that was connected to this Brownsville Assembly of God Church that was having a revival called the Brownsville Revival School of Ministry. And during her deliverance session of casting out of devils, multiple personalities came out. So she got that diagnosis. And when that happened by a physician, the People in the revival school and the church were told, do not minister to her. You're not qualified to help her now. This is a medical problem. So they called somebody they knew whose son had gone to the school. Uh, I think his name was Dr. Steve somebody. And he moved here to work with her. Now there was more to the story because she was a queen of multi-generational Satanism in the making, but she didn't know that. Her father had been a young man named Isaac, who I had gotten saved, who was a high king of the Black Forest clan. And he came to help her so that no more would be discovered about her life, and she wouldn't discover much about her life. So what happened was, from going from helping her from the church world, their hands were tied, take them off. She went to this psychologist who this was his expertise. And he started ministering to her or doing therapy sessions about three times a week. He did hypnosis, trying to deprogram her, uh, had her on several medications because she was a mess. She was trying to work a job at one of the stores here in town and they asked me to move her into my house because she had built a satanic altar in the house she was living in with a lady and some other girls so I took her in she had nowhere else to go and I started seeing these multiple personalities well this psychologist was seeing her three times a week charging her insurance she had from her job 
And they began questioning this three times a week. They wanted to know, had she ever been tested for multiple personalities by a qualified psychologist? And the answer was no. It was just a primary care physician. So they required her to go to a psychologist to get this personality testing. She did. Now, because her personality system in here was to protect itself, after she was tested, she came back and I said, did you tell him that you believe and did you show him your different personalities? She says, no. I didn't want them to know that. So her test results came back that she was not multiple personalities. But I use Andrea's story to show you how someone with some issues of mental health can actually hide it from the testers. I had a brother who did the same thing. He had had a brain aneurysm due to smoking. And he had lost his uh, privileges. And he was committed to a nursing home. Well, he didn't want that. So he actually asked the dark side, which I didn't know at the time, for help. He wanted to get retested. And he was drawing spiritual strength from my father, which I didn't know at the time. And none of this is taught. In your master's level programs or even discussed in continuing education. People are smart. They will protect their system, their illnesses, their diseases. They do not want you to find out what's really going on. So my brother takes a state test to get his competency back. Because he was deemed incompetent to take care of his own house. His life after the brain aneurysm. He went from being a 45, 50 year old man to about a 2 or 3 year old. And was going to need constant supervision. Couldn't even make his own food. He didn't want to live that way. So he had some help from the dark side. Which I knew nothing about. But I want to end today's lesson right here. We will pick up in lesson number 5. How Pastor Deborah got trained initially to help people. But it wasn't the Lord's way. It was the way of the world. The way of biological diseases and illnesses. Of emotions and feelings. Testing. Medicine. But I want to end. And if there's anybody here. Who have some issues in your life. Or your families. And you want help. And you have maybe tried and sought help from the world. Medicine. Counseling. Maybe even from the religious community. Did you know here in the state of Florida, the psychologist years ago wanted to protect the word counseling from pastors. Most pastors in their training and education get nothing about medical diseases, abuse, personality disorders, feelings. They get a lot about marriage. So the psychologists did not want the pastors, ministers, Bible school teachers, 
women's ministries, children's pastors, youth pastors, to be counseling even their own members. If they were suicidal, they were to be referred right immediately to a psychiatrist. If they had issues, because the psychologist wanted to protect not only their territory of diagnosing, treating, and the insurance money from these uneducated, untrained, lovely people who cared about their members, the pastors and ministers. They locked that word up in law saying, only those people who have a license to counsel, psychiatrist, psychologist, licensed social worker, mental health counselor, maybe a licensed professional counselor, can counsel people because they've met the state's requirements. So pastors were removed from helping people. They could do marriage counseling. That's all. And there was one case and that helped provide for pastors to back off was a pastor was seeing a young man who was on medication. Uh, he was suicidal, depressed or something. And the young man on his own stopped taking his medication. And he died. His parents sued the pastor and they got into court and they blamed the pastor for counseling him to stop taking his medication. And the pastor had kept notes. He said, I don't counsel. I do biblical discipleship. And no, here in my notes, I discouraged him from stop taking his medication. But the young man had free will. Did you know that you cannot force anybody to take any mental health counseling, medication, for anything? Because they have rights. You cannot lock them up against their will. They have rights. If they commit a crime, they'll end up in jail, maybe. But those days of locking somebody up in a state mental institution, they were over with, at least in the state of Florida. Just because maybe they had diabetes or epilepsy or something. Pastor Deborah, in my early years, had actually gone and volunteered in a state mental institution. Walked around with the mental health patients. Mm -hmm. Worked in a drug counseling, volunteered there. Worked at a state juvenile detention center with juvenile criminals. Pastor Deborah was a very gutsy person. I wanted to know and learn. But what was happening is these psychologists were going to lock pastors out. And what was happening is the psychologist who wanted to control the counseling, the money, the insurance, they wanted to become the priest, the helpers of people, not the pastors. Because reasoning had come in, medicine had come in. And all that religious, spiritual stuff, that was nonsense. That couldn't help anybody. This was a biological disease, an illness. And only they were qualified. Only they could do the work. And only they were licensed, not a pastor. So Pastor Deborah walked into that. Now, at the time that I'm just getting started, in helping people with my license, probably about 1983, I got my license. 
And I held it and did it for 10 years. And during that time, boy, did I see a lot. I had a lot of questions. Wasn't working out for me for those 10 years. But I'm going to close out right now, right there, at 1983. And I'll take you into from there forward. So if there's anybody here that would like prayer for help, and you would believe there is a way that this Lord of Pastor Deborah, this God of the Bible, can help you with your illnesses and diseases. And society and everybody else hasn't been able to. You don't have money. You have no insurance. Then he's here right now to help you. If you feel suicidal, hopeless, depressed, maybe you grew up in darkness and abuse like Andrea did, and you need help. He's here right now today to help you. How does he do that? He works with your spirit. Then your spirit brings that healing to your soul. Then out from your spirit to your soul to your physical body. And everybody will go, what's happened to you? There's such a beautiful glow on your face. You're no longer the sad and depressed person you are. You don't do what you used to do. You don't hurt people. You don't drink like you used to. You don't do the drugs. You aren't pimping out people anymore. You aren't abusing people. You don't want to, you're not trying to kill yourself. There's a smile on your face. If you want that, he's here right now today to help you. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to stand up. All you have to do is say, Sir, I want your healing. I want you to help me your way. That's all. He waits for your free will to want what he wants. Because if he does it and forces the healing on you, then he's raping you again. He's abusing you. He's forcing something on you you don't want and are not ready for. He will not do that. He will wait until you hear, till you desire to be healed. If you are, I will pray. Father, you know who's here. You know whose will has lined up with your will. Whose heart's desires are yours to be healed. You know their problems. You know their issues. They may not even know them. Father, do what only you can do. Help the people your way. Fulfill Isaiah 61 and 62 in their lives. Bring the cross to bear in their lives. Bring your spirit of life into them. Help them, Father, so they will believe and see. And know that you are the way. And it is you that helps people. Not the way of the world. Not medicine. Not doctors. But you. And Father, let them then become a testimony. A living testimony. That others will see you. And believe in you. And they will seek your help. Father, you know what to do. This is your ministry and your work to these that you have brought. We ask that in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. 
I will pick up right here with Andrea's story because I have another little part to tell you about something I knew nothing about and it is not taught in mental health counseling school. And it is not done in therapy. It's not done through diagnosis the world's way. So I'll pick up with Andrea's story called She's Mine to help you to see how far Pastor Deborah was away and in darkness to helping people the Lord's way. Then we'll move into some more of the ways that I was taught to help people in the world. Because you need to understand where Pastor Deborah started from. Okay? Love you. You guys will all get safely home. The angels will help you. If you want to stay, rest, be here in the garden in his presence, you are welcome. What? Is he teaching? Yes. He's over there by that mountain. You see a little light. You go and sit down. Yeah, he's always here. The word is always being taught here. There's different levels and classes. The flowers will teach you. They'll sing to you. They'll love on you. Love is the language here. Truth is the language. The presence of God is here. You will get back in your soul, back in your physical body. You may think you had a dream. You may be in a coma and you never wake up. That's okay. Maybe in the womb and an abortion's coming. That's okay. But you may come out of the womb and you may be different. I'll tell you a story about that. And a little girl that I met in the womb. And when she came out, she came running to me in the spirit and said, I'm here, Pastor Deborah. I'm here. I made it out. And I said, welcome. So you be encouraged. There is help for you. Not the way of the world. And not the way of religion. Or rituals. Or quoting scriptures, or bowing and bowing and bowing, or doing pilgrimages. That will not help you. Those gods don't listen. But this God of Pastor Deborah, the God of King David, the God of the Holy Bible, he's there in the spirit. For he is a spirit that desires to touch you and meet you in the spirit. And his words are spirit to you, and they are life. So being filled with hope and encouragement, there's help for you the Lord's way. Bye. Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually. And hear how she has helped people spiritually, the Lord's way, for many, many years. Come again. Watch another one. And we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel, to make comments. And if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry at Pastor Deborah at agape love is here dot org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you and come again to another video of Agape Love Love is Here Ministries, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many 
many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.